Sung, I can hear you eating chips over there. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Rhythms of Grace. This is episode three of season three, and we are in a very interesting season. We're I'll finish soon. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to, I got to buy some time so Sung can finish <laughs> chewing. Um, we are talking about passages of scripture. <laughs> Specific, you are you're a mess. <laughs> a mess. Okay. Specifically in the New Testament, that people find confusing, alarming, um, or just just unclear. So uh, we've talked about a couple of them, but we got a good one. We got a good one for this episode, right? Yeah, we do. And it's interesting that this is also s- focused on Jesus' Sermon on the Mount because last week we we started with that too, and it's just interesting that. Um, I actually anticipated more uh, questions about Paul, the Apostle Paul. Yeah. But actually, I mean, and it's true that Jesus does have some really hard sayings. Mm -hmm. And so this is a a difficult one that we're going to talk about, uh, the whole turning the other cheek idea. That's a good one. Yep. So that's found in Matthew chapter 39. And this person asked like, hey, like I'm summarizing because I, I, I don't I'm not looking at her text yet. But it was kind of like if anyone followed this to the letter of the law, they would there, there'd just be something mentally or emotionally off about them. Mm-hmm. So help me understand this where it says. Jesus says, but I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. If anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. Like, yeah, any sane, normal person would, hears that and goes, what? Like, my my spouse who's divorcing me and wants to sue me for this, I, I she wants this percent. She, she wants, should, right, she <laughs> wants the house, I should give her the car yeah. and the dog too. Yeah. What, what, uh, what, what's the reference again? You said Matthew, Matthew chapter five, five, uh, verse 39. Okay. I think you just said Matthew 39 and I was oh, like, there aren't yeah. that many. I was testing your, <laughs> who, who was paying attention, <laughs> who was paying attention. And I think it just really deserves attention that this, this does not come natural for us. And so it, it, it is a, a difficult and challenging um, question because, um, you know, uh, when, when somebody assaults you, yeah, right. I mean, usually that prompts some sort of retaliation. So, I mean, the full verse, which is even in some ways more confusing, yep. it says, do not resist an evil person. Yeah. What? I, that is really, that's confusing to me. I, I, I mean, I, I think the I think the turn the other cheek thing I'm I'm really familiar with, but mm-hmm. do not resist an evil person. If anyone wants to see you and take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them too. Give to the one who asks you. Do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. Yeah, you know, and again, if this this is if this if if this is taken literally, it is particularly vicious mm. for the person. And even if you think about the idea of slapping you on the right cheek, if the striker is right-handed um, and slaps you with the, the in the right cheek, it's going to be with the back of his hand or her hand that he hits you on the other cheek, um, which is, in those days, doubly insulting. Really? So it's it's like this, this just goes against any kind of common sense. Um, and, and I think part of it, to kind of deconstruct this a little bit, I think, again, it go, it's going back to the idea that the lifestyle of the kingdom of God is more demanding than the, the law of Moses. 
on okay. one hand. Okay. Which I, is which is part of like what his the the preceding passages we talked about. Yeah. You know, if it so that that makes sense. Yep. And, and in fact, the previous verse, verse thirty-eight in chapter five, you have heard that it was said, "Eye for eye and tooth for tooth." Again, we have to take the f- the context into consideration. You see, when that was first. Um, stated by God back in the book of Exodus for the nation of Israel, an eye for an eye, tooth for tooth, that was that actually marked a very big step forward because it imposed a strict limitation on taking vengeance. Mm. Because back in those days, kind of like um, gangs do today, um, where justice for a member uh, that got injured by another tribe, it was your obligation to take vengeance on right. uh, on the other tribe. And, and then what happens? It just fuels. Right, it's a continual escalation. Yeah, and it's this blood feud that resulted in, like, f- the suffering would far exceed the original injury. Like Hatfields and McCoys. <laughs> exactly. <type>. Yeah. <laughs> and so... So basically, when Jesus, uh, God's original law was, hey, this is a pr- principle of exact mm-hmm. retaliation. Mm-hmm. Proportionate um, amends, reasonable replacement, eye for eye. You know, was it literal eye for eye? No, the principle behind it is like the, the, co- the compensation or the replacement on the offending party has to be proportionate and right. equal. Right, right. Which for, you're saying was it was an extreme step forward in terms was. of uh, an ex- limitations on vengeance. Yeah. Okay. So that's kind of the context to understand from the Hebrew scriptures. And now Jesus is saying, look, don't even retaliate at all. Wow. Uh, In other words, don't harbor a a spirit of resentment. If someone injures you or inconveniences you, Mm. like on the highway, had yeah. no experience with that. But <laughs> That's right. Basically, Jesus, Jesus didn't mean road rage. Come on. No. Jesus is saying, show yourself master of the situation and yourself by doing something that goes, that, that's just counterintuitive. Yeah. So, uh, again, if you take it out of the, hey, this is a, a literal eye for eye kind of thing, because in, in our context, you know, it's not like somebody gouges out your eye and so you're going to exact the revenge on right. that. Right. right. But whatever that looks like. And so, and then in a parallel passage, well, and this leads into the next passage where it talks about love your enemies. Mm-hmm. Because again, in, in the Old Testament, yeah, you love your neighbor. The implication was, yeah. well, you hate your enemy. Yeah. And Jesus is saying, no, no, no. You're not even allowed to hate your enemy. You are to love your enemy. And so this goes a step further in terms of like... Um, so when it says resist an evil person, it, it's like resisting the impulse to pay someone back who harms us. Mm. Uh, and, and then, and then uh, again, in verse 43, you've heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Mm-hmm. But I tell you, love your enemies. So he's saying, go a step further. It, it's one thing to not, uh, it, it's one thing to um, not harm your enemy. Or retaliate. Yeah. It's very different to love them. Yeah. And I, I think love, um, we need to define. Because that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have all of a sudden these new affections for that person. Right. Love is, is different than affection. Yeah. Yeah. Or romantic interest. And, and Jesus is saying your feelings toward your enemy is not that important. What's important is... Love defined as lending your enemy a helping hand yeah. when that is what he needs. Yeah. Or even if that's not something he doesn't even ask for. 
Um, and, and then uh, he also says, I, I think in the parallel passage in, in, in the Gospel of Luke, pray for those who persecute you. Uh, again, like, uh, sometimes we want to create Jesus as a kind, kind of turn the other, a blind eye to kind of our, our shortcomings, mm. um, that Jesus kind of made it easier for us than Moses. Yeah. A- and we talked about this last time, but again, Jesus focuses on the internal posture. Right. Right. I mean, he's essentially saying, like, I'm calling for you to reframe the way that you see the world. Yeah. You know, it's not... Because, again, the natural way is to love your friends and hate your enemies. Mm-hmm. You know, vengeance is in some ways the natural order of things. You know, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. I mean, all these things. And, and, and we, can f- we can sort of say, well, like, that's just the way the world works. Like, I have the right, for example, to, to repay the wrongs that are done to me. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is saying, it's kind, of like, um, it's kind of like a kingdom framework is in, turns everything on its head. Yeah. You know, and y- you have to be thinking about it completely differently. Um, I, you know, it, it's, I mean, what does that look like? What does that look like in the day-to-day? <laughs> you know, right? no the- idea. Right? I mean, because <laughs> theoretically, it's like, oh, yeah, now I get it. But l- w- it, it, what do you do if someone, I, I don't know. Well, before we get there, yeah. let me say one other thing that I thought about this, which is, um, you know, it also says, uh, it also says, is it in Proverbs where it says a soft answer turns away wrath? Mm-hmm. That's another thing that came to mind when I was hearing this passage, yeah. which is that, um, and I know that I've experienced this um, when I get, man, when I get worked up, I, I have a relatively long fuse, but when I'm in a bad mood, man, I can, I can get worked up. And my wife, Amy, is so good, so good at, at responding to my anger with a soft answer. Mm-hmm. And man, it just takes all... All the sort of like self-righteous justification. Even it just, the pleasure. Oh, it just takes all the wind out of my sails. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of like I'm confronted with what a jerk I'm being. You I should know? try that with you. <laughs> yeah, it won't work with you. Oh, okay. Uh, um, but uh, but th- that's also, I think, part of what... That's, there's, it's almost like there's a deeper truth that Jesus is also getting to here, which is to say that the world would have you respond eye for eye. Mm-hmm. And what you, don't, what you don't understand is that there's a deeper truth that kindness mm-hmm. in response to injury actually brings transformation. Yep, yeah. And that the initiative and the choice is yours. Uh, that to act out of grace instead of uh, any sense of grievance, mm-hmm. which if, if a metaphorical eye is taken, I mean, the natural human impulse is, is not, am I, not only am I going to take your eye out, I'm going to take your kid's eye out yeah. and your friend's eye oh, out, yeah. whether that's an inner attitude or not, not a physical eye. But that, that's what Jesus is calling his followers to. It, and when he says pray, like that, that is, so it's not only lend a helping hand, mm-hmm. uh, forget your feelings, you know, like you can love somebody despite feeling very mixed emotions. Yeah. Or you can act, act righteously yeah. towards them. Yeah. And not only that, but pray for them because that goes against the grain and brings about remarkable change when you can truly pray for somebody who's hurt you. Yeah. Instead of saying like, man, they hurt me. How can I hurt them back? Whether it's the cold shoulder or whatever, but, but to intentionally, I, I mean, what there's that saying, the best way to destroy an enemy is to turn him into a friend. 
Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> I haven't heard that one. I mean, you know what it, re- it reminds me of? Um, th- you know, Malcolm Gladwell in one of his in one of his books. Uh, I wish I could remember which one it was. Um, he's talking about observing the two different ways, two families that lost children. I I think I think to to child predators. Mm. The way that they responded was so dramatically different because one family sort of fought for justice, which is a reasonable. They're trying to get laws passed. They're talking to their Congress people. I mean, they're they're literally fighting for justice. Which, when a child is taken from you, no one would say that's an unreasonable response. You know. The other, but the thing was that years later they were still sort of stuck in the moment of bitterness and hurt, and still fighting out of that sort of anger. And there was another family that responded with like charity and forgiveness mm-hmm. and just the, the in some ways they were able to move on with their lives in a way that the family that was continually fighting for justice was not able to. Man, I if I'm wrong about that, like if I have that story completely wrong, if I've twisted that to my for my own convenience. <laughs> Somebody let me know, but I but I feel ninety nine percent sure that's a story in one of his books. But even if it, even if that even if that were whether that's true or not, that is a narrative that is played out in real life over and over and over again. Yeah, I, I mean, I think of the story where my wife grew up just maybe an hour and a half outside Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I remember years ago when when that uh, person kind of came and what like sh- shot kids in the school or mm-hmm. something. Yeah, and and, and the. F- Something like the family that um, were like forgave yeah. the shooter, yeah. A- and this is, yeah. I, I mean, that's where. I mean, how could you not feel such vengeance yep. and, and a sense of justice? Right. Oh, he took lives. His life needs yeah. to be taken. Yeah. Like it, it is really a supernatural place for anybody. Yeah. To come to that uh, posture to say, "I forgive you." Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I, so I will say that I was not wrong. I've, I've been doing a, a, a quick <laughs> Google search, uh, and I'm reading right now an interview from Malcolm Gladwell. It's from his book called David and Goliath, mm. and, uh, and which is about the power of underdogs and the way in which yeah. opposition and trauma can often produce stronger human beings. Uh, and he does have a chapter that talks specifically um, about forgiveness mm. and, uh, and about uh, uh woman whose daughter was murdered by a sexual predator and chooses to forgive. She's from the Mennonite tradition. They take forgiveness very, very seriously. Yep. And it actually led to a rediscovery of his own faith foundation. That's right. That's right. I remember Be- that. Because it was such a profound difference. Um, so, I mean, even that, it's an interesting way to look at this verse to say, you know, it's in if you read it simply as what you should do, right. it's going to be very confusing. If you read it in terms of Jesus telling us who we are to be, suddenly these things feel like they start to fall into place yep. in a new way. Now to throw a, a little twist in here. Oh man, forget um, everything we just said. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, and, and that's yeah, and, and you nailed it on the head right there. About this is the character of the citizens of the kingdom of God, um, you know, and which once we understand the essence of that, the mm. behavior flows from that. But a lot of Bible scholars um, are divided on this in the sense that um, they say that this this actually belongs in the sphere of personal behavior, but when it comes to nations and countries, 
is there a different ethic? Mm. Because if, for example, Russia is about to bomb you. Right. Right. Um, and, and again, as a nation, you are not necessarily a Christian nation. Although yeah. some people like to say we are. Right. We're not. Nope. <laughs> We're a very pluralistic yeah. nation. Uh, uh, again, and, and maybe we'll talk about that in another uh, episode. Like, what about war? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Uh, that, that's a big question. Um, but just, so just to clarify, because that, that may be a question that came up. Well, like, what, what, what if this happens? Or what if war? Or, or, or are we supposed to let the other, are, are we supposed to let the terrorists take over our country? Right. Right? That's a whole different question. Let's focus in on the personal individual behavior as followers of Christ. Yeah. I mean, we've sort of titled this season of our podcast, No Easy Answers. And I, and I think where that comes to light for me is when I think about this in like real applications, real situations. And I don't think it's as easy as simply saying, do this, don't do this, right. do this, don't do this. Right. I think, um, you know, I've, I've been in a situation where, at, at, where I was at work and I overheard someone lying to me, uh, lying about me to the boss. Like I heard it through a closed door. They were talking really loudly. You know, there's the sense of like, should I just let them do that? Uh, like, yeah. should I just let them malign my character and say things that aren't true? And my boss defended me. And I think my my work up to that point made that easy. But again, that's one of those questions where an enemy and I... I considered her my enemy. She was not a safe person. Mm-hmm. Um, was she was mistreating me? Mm-hmm. Do I just do I just let that go? You know, I I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, let's play that out. Oh man, I mean, <laughs> thankfully I didn't have to. That was the beauty of it. I didn't actually have to say anything because she was talking about how much time I spent screwing around and and not getting my work done. <laughs> and my boss was like, "I know that's not true. I I see all of his work. I know everything that he's doing." I, I don't think you're telling me the truth. So, I mean, that's a, I, I don't know, I don't know. But if he hadn't said that, if he hadn't said, oh, it's tell me more, I don't, what, what, what should I have done? Yeah, well, yeah, that's a good, I have some thoughts what I would do, but I'm curious for you to play out what you would do. If the boss wasn't sure and just said, hey, thanks for telling me, I'll take that under consideration. Yeah. I mean, well, I'm just going to say what I would do and we can decide whether or not it's the right thing. I would I would probably Oh man. No, now I'm now I'm confused <laughs> because in that situation she was not a person that I would confront not necessarily out of, out of she told me about people that she considered enemies and she like slashed tires and I mean she was she was she was a dangerous person. Um so uh I I don't know that I would have confronted her. Mm. There are other people in my life that maybe I would have said, hey, you know, I, I heard you saying this about me. I'm, I'm really curious about why you would say that was true. Mm. But her, I would not. I was genuinely afraid of her. Yeah. Uh, I would probably go to my boss afterwards and say, hey, I overheard this. If, if this is, if you think that's what's going on, uh, then I'd like to talk about that, you and me, and figure out where my performance needs to improve mm. or what it is that you're looking for. So, but I don't, I don't know how I would have, I don't know how I would have treated her right. ha- if, if I had to. I mean, I literally, I, maybe I've said this here before, I went six months without talking to her and our desks were closer than you and I are right now. 
I was that afraid of her. Wow. I mean, she told me terrifying stories of things she did to people that crossed her. <laughs> Maybe she was exaggerating, but even the fact that she would make up those stories, yeah. I was not going to take the chance of finding out. Hmm. So, anyways. <laughs> uh, so, I don't know. I, what, tell me what your thoughts are. I think that lines a l- up with a lot of what I would think, too. Uh, and knowing that she was kind of a dangerous person, you know, would she even have the mental health to remain stable in our conversation yeah or or not fly off the handle and then slash your tires um i i also would talk to my boss and just say hey and and you said it really well um you know i i think um and maybe this is just more personality or wiring. I don't know that I would have gone that long not not talking. <laughs> I mean, we had to we had to do like short exchanges for work because okay. we did work together. Yeah, yeah. But I but I'm being honest. I didn't initiate any personal conversations. Yeah, I didn't yeah. ask her how her day was. I didn't ask her what she did for the weekend. None of that. Yeah. I mean, again, I think this is where Jesus is. Uh, Ex- exhortation to pray for those who persecute you. Oh, I did not do that. <laughs> Let's be honest. I did not do and that. And that's really hard. It is. I mean, so this is really interesting because she was one of the people that I probably would have considered in my life to be an enemy. Mm. It's someone that I was really afraid was 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 going to do me harm. I I'm being I'm not exaggerating. And I never thought to pray for her and to bless her. I never did. I just never did. Yeah. Um, that's really interesting to think about taking this seriously in that context. Yeah. I would even say, even if you don't have personal conversations with her, maybe there is a professional need that she has and you go out of your way to help her in that need, which would be the loving behavior. Even if your feelings toward her doesn't align yeah. with your behavior. Yeah. But that's what Jesus is talking about here. I mean, the more that I think about it, now I'm getting convicted here. But <laughs> I didn't think this was going to turn into this kind of a session. But I know that she was lonely. Mm. I, I know that she was hurting. I mean, clearly. Um, and I know that she felt underappreciated at work. Part of the reason she was throwing me under the bus was because she felt underappreciated. Mm. So it's interesting to look at that totality of who she was and understand that had I, if that was the way that I looked at my enemies, if I looked at where are they, where are they hurting, where are their needs, where might God be working? Like that framework, which I think is part of what Jesus is calling us to in this passage, how different would that have scenario played out? I would have talked to her. <laughs> I mean, there's no question, right? right. Um that's really interesting and convicting for me to think about now. And I've known people where uh, a number of people might feel the same way uh, uh, about that person. Like, oh, that person is just not safe. They're not a good person. But I've also um, have heard those people, whether towards me or t- towards somebody else, like, you know, basically say, you know, everyone is stupid, but you I could trust. Mm-hmm. Right, and, and I think because there is a sense of creating a, um, a, a safety, or they feel safe because of the way you are loving them, despite your feelings towards yeah. them. The other side of this uh, that makes this complicated is that of boundaries. Yeah, because I'm certainly I would never sit here and say 
that what Jesus is arguing for is a distinct lack of boundaries right. in terms of the way that you engage with other people. And I think that's why it's helpful to clarify the difference between sort of a, 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 fr- a, a way that we are, our character, yeah. versus merely our behavior. Um, and that's that's where it gets complicated. That's where it gets complicated, that there are boundaries uh, that are just necessary, to, you know, for life, for right. There are other people in your life that you need to think about and care about. You know, you can't befriend someone who's super dangerous if you have and have them over to your house where you have little kids. You know, you can't can't do those things. So that's where it continues to be complicated for me. It it is. It it is right. There is no easy answer. And I would say this is this also turns on um, you were saying about boundaries like this past year, my wife, Amy, she, she's read and reread the book Boundaries mm-hmm. because she's identified that's an area of growth for her. Okay. It's really hard for her to say no. Mm-hmm. A- and the, sen- the idea of self-differentiation self-differ- is things that uh, is an idea that she is processing and learning and leaning into. A- and we talk about it all the time. A- and she'll say, Sung, like, you don't need this book. You're like mm-hmm. the opposite. <laughs> you default to no. People have to mm-hmm. convince you to say yes. And yeah. so understand that we are not saying um, open up all the boundaries because for some of you, you you shouldn't do that. Yeah. For your own health and and your own soul. Yeah. Um, others of you, uh, you need to do this. Or lean into this. So the way it looks like for each person is very different based on who they are. Tell me if I'm getting heretical here. <laughs> is it is it kind of like Jesus is saying, become the kind of person who, who sort of is, call it, strong enough or secure enough or confident enough or peaceful enough to have their rights infringed upon mm. and not seek vengeance. Hmm. Uh, I, I pause there because my immediate response would have been like, yes, but I'm, I'm, I, I feel like there's a flip side to that too. Okay. And I don't know what it, like be the strong, str- um, uh, on the flip side, mm, um, yeah, what I want to say, I, I'll just say it. I, I don't know if it's right, but I, I, I process things verbally. Mm-hmm. Be the kind of person that's strong enough mm-hmm. where um, in areas where somebody, wh- where you are allowing people to trample on you in a way that, that you think is fulfilling this law, but is actually not. Mm. Does that make sense? It does. I mean, again, I, this is a perfect example of how complicated this becomes because there are a lot of different variables, right? I mean, I, I can imagine people who, you know, uh, so here's a, here's, a, here's a great example. We used to host this, um, we, and the church that I was a part of, uh, um, Renaissance Vineyard Church still does this, where a- every winter they would open up the, their church for a couple weeks, coldest weeks of the year, so that people that didn't have another place to stay could spend the night there. And actually, several churches shared the responsibility, and it would go from place to place. But these were people that could, didn't qualify to stay in a shelter. So they would often come drunk or high or 
all sorts of things. It was a rough, rough crowd. And the guy that that sort of spearheaded it at the church and in sort of Metro Detroit, he was a biker. I mean, he was like, he was not somebody that you wanted to mess with. And I remember there was one particular event where one particular night where somebody was being belligerent or they were, the rules were so basic, but this guy was violating the rules and, and we tried to kick him out. And so this guy like attacked this biker guy and the biker guy didn't have to respond. I mean, again, other people came to his defense, but in some ways he was strong enough that he didn't need to mm. defend himself. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it just is interesting to think again about, <coughs> redefining redefining strength yeah um in that context man there's a lot there's a lot in the mix there there's yeah. a lot in the mix there yep and so when we, you mentioned mennonite the mennonite story the uh, uh again I, I i where we moved from the philadelphia area was a strong mennonite uh, mm-hmm. area and it was like the Mennonite question, right? If somebody broke into your house and tied you up in your family, and uh, what would you do? And they would point to this first and say, because of this verse, I would not defend my family or retaliate or mm. try to avoid, you know, anything. And, and, um, and, and there was almost a sense that you are a true Mennonite if you wouldn't, you know, defend yourself or you know, um, and, and looking at that in light of just this this, this discussion, it, it's not that simple. Yeah. That uh, right in that situation, right, and they take it a whole nother level to, um, you know, fighting in wars or even being in law enforcement. Mm-hmm. Being yeah. in law enforcement was frowned upon. Yeah. Um, and, and so. Um, yeah, again, it's, it's, a, it's a challenging question. I think something we all have to wrestle with, but I, I, I think at the end of the day, what you said earlier about be- becoming the kind of person, mm-hmm. it's not whether you would do this or not. Um, and, and I think retaliation out of self-defense is, and maybe I'm showing my hand a bit, is, is different mm. than retaliation out of reve- revenge. Oh, Interesting. Okay, that's an interesting distinction. Yeah. Right, you, you, you see where you retaliate because your life is at, you know, is potentially at, at stake. Yeah. Maybe your own family. Yeah. Versus the internal attitude and sometimes action of rage. Yeah. And revenge. Yeah. And, and so in that sense, Jesus is saying, look, don't make this a blood feud where the suffering far exceeds the original injury. Right. That's a different situation than a burglar ties up your family and is yeah. threatening to kill you. He does give specifically non-lethal examples. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, again, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if that, you know, I don't know what that means or what that doesn't mean, but he certainly doesn't say to, although, I mean, he let himself, <laughs> his example was he did let himself be killed. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and th- what does it say? You know, like a lamb mm-hmm. to the slaughter. Yep. Um, but that was also part of his calling. Yeah. 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 Oh, sung. Man. I was hoping we'd be able to wrap this up like in a really neat, easy bow. But uh, I guess if we're going to pick topics like this, there's going to be a lot of things that are sort of like left hanging. Yeah. Well, te- text me for any other questions, uh, difficulties, challenges that we might tackle. 734 734- 734 
709-5742. Don't call me. I won't answer. You know, by the way, ever since I've given up my number, I've gotten a lot more 734 numbers, and, and I don't know who it is, and I never pick up. And oh, really? So if that's you trying to call me, just don't. text me. Yeah. You know, I, I, I would also love to hear anyone who has lived this out practically, whether you've been face to face with an opportunity to pursue vengeance and have chosen forgiveness instead yeah. or um or if you i mean honestly if you chose vengeance i would also love to hear how that shook out in your own life and in the lives so yeah. if you text sung a good story it could potentially make it onto the next episode and we'll do a little review if we get some good That's stories right. to share Sung, got any um, ideas about what we might tackle next nope, week? I'm already putting the chips in my, in my mouth. I'm uh, finishing right. my snack. So, um, it's up to me to wrap this up. I'll just say that next uh, next week we will have another episode where we tackle another question that has no easy answers. Thanks for joining us. We hope you will join us again next time.